1: I'd like to read to you today some poems about place. Nowadays, when most of us are so mobile and move from one location to the next, perhaps a more familiar metaphor than place would be home. Everyone, I think, no matter how many places they've lived, still has some sense of home, usually associated with childhood memories. But place, in terms of being Rooted to a particular locale, a patch of ground, if you will, is now an unusual phenomenon since most of us have moved many times over the course of our lives. To be attached to a singular landscape and way of living, especially throughout the entire span of one's life, is a rarer case now than it was just a few generations ago. Modern life seems to have almost inevitably herded us into this situation, for better or worse. But it's still refreshing, instructive perhaps, to hear now and then from someone who has been able to stay put, has resisted the urge or dodged the necessity to wander, and has come to know intimately, over the course of a lifetime, the very land upon which they live, and has paid attention to the turning of seasons that come upon that land and the changes time has brought to the people and creatures living within it. Don Thompson is one of those people. He has lived his whole life in the same area he was born, near Bakersfield, at the southern terminus of California's great San Joaquin Valley. This is a place that I know. The first 12 years of my life were spent on a farm less than 100 miles north of where he lives, it's a place that many people now prefer to ignore. Hot, flat, dusty, agricultural, and increasingly impoverished. Droves of people somnambulantly speed along its western border on I-5, impatient to get to some place, usually Los Angeles, San Diego, or the Bay Area, that to them matters. But as... Thompson suggests any place, even a seemingly barren place, perhaps even especially a barren place, if we give it time, attention, and stretches of silence, can give us something interesting, good, useful, even beautiful in return. Thompson's style is reflective of the land he lives in, and in some cases, the people with whom he shares life in that land, It is open, spare, and direct. These poems are from Thompson's collection called Everything Barren Will Be Blessed, one of many he's published over the years, and it is available at Amazon. This first poem gives us kind of a bird's-eye view of the general area, the landscape, and somewhat of the attitude of the inhabitants, or at least this inhabitant, uh, Mr. Thompson, or at least the narrator of the poem, toward that area. It's called Flat Earth. Another ordinary morning unrolls from its bolt. I've seen this fabric before, believe me. It's the pattern with uprooted nut trees on one side of a faded black road, and on the other, tumbleweed needlepoint unraveling as the summer ends. Who'd want to sew a garment out of that? Just imagine how it would itch. Maybe someone a bit odd, someone like me, with dust in his blood. Who never really trusted those haughty redwoods on, or Yosemite, that narcissist. Who wanted a flat earth, unadorned, nothing but bare facts, you can see from miles away. This is another poem, somewhat in that genre, a a general poem about the area, and it's called Water. Everything here reminds us of water, to have or have not. Sky like an empty bowl, useless, because of the contrail crack in it. Trees along the slough, a long line of dusty refugees with nowhere to go, some dying, some dead, some too stubborn to perish. Knee-deep alfalfa thriving on one side of the road and on the other, the dun, done-for bare dirt with a scattering of anonymous scrub and no difference between the two fields except water. This next poem is one of many that he writes about the wildlife within that land that he lives. It is called Egret 1. Now the consummate egret descends on an alfalfa field, huge, its wingspan as wide as a sheet fluttering on a clothesline, and all at once I know precisely what white was meant to be. By comparison, snow pales, a welder's arc would dim to a votive glow, and lightning would be less than a wet fuse next to such scintillation which lasts for as much of forever as a few seconds can hold before that seraphim folds up and becomes again an ordinary, hungry, ungainly bird obsessed with insects. And here's a poem about a location, a specific location within the valley and a time of year, it's summertime. This is called Buena Vista Slough too. The heat bears down hard here, as if August, scanning the landscape like a map, has pressed a sweaty finger into this place. The muck green water hasn't moved in months. Dragonflies stick to the viscid air The birds have been stunned by it and hide all afternoon deep in the Thule reeds. This is where you come when you finally get serious about listening to what silence has to say. And two more poems to finish off, each of them dealing specifically with a time of year there in the valley. October. I used to think the land had something to say to us, back when wildflowers would come right up to your hand as if they were tame. Sooner or later, I thought, the wind would begin to make sense if I listened hard and took notes religiously. That was spring. Now I'm not so sure. The cloudless sky has a flat affect, and the fields plowed down after harvest seem so expressionless, keeping their own counsel. This afternoon, nut tree leaves blow across them as if autumn had written us a long letter, changed its mind, and tore it into little scraps. December. All day the wind has been hard at it, dismantling summer, finally. Leaves scatter across bare fields plowed down weeks ago. It's December now. Around here, we have winter without much autumn, recalcitrant heat persisting like some sort of character flaw. This parched land can never overcome, but we love it anyway. Hope you enjoyed those. Thanks for listening.
0: vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at Take this Poem podcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.